Hello and welcome to Talking Flutes with me, Claire Southworth. It's mid-May. I'm sitting in my study in Hove, looking out onto a beautiful sunny scene and it feels like summer has just arrived. And it's been such an exciting week for me. Firstly, because Talking Flutes is celebrating over one million downloads. So I'd like to thank all of you for supporting us. I'm also celebrating as my latest book has just been published, which is called Flute Reboot. It's a complete workbook for flute players. If you're interested in finding out a little bit more, you can check my social media accounts where I've been celebrating. So on to today's podcast. We've had quite a few questions sent in, so I'm going to answer a couple today. One is, who are your favourite flute players alive today, and also from history and why, from David Little in Toronto, Canada. But firstly, a question from Amanda Belignac from Texas in America. And she asks, with so many study books on the market, how do you begin to choose which is the right one? This is a common problem that so many players have. Our repertoire, especially of exercises, studies and workbooks, are expanding all the time. Study books are used to push your development in all areas of technique. And so each individual needs to pick studies that help progression, but don't stifle it. So we need stimulating, motivational, progressive studies, not crushing, demoralising ones. There's also the need to differentiate between the various study books on the market. Some are purely technical, exercises maybe to develop tone, finger technique and articulation. Others are sequential in nature, offering various patterns working through all the keys. And lastly, there are the general study books, which often pick a technique and base the study around that technique. Let's not forget that some books are also crossover ones. I like to think of learning in a pyramid shape. At the base of the pyramid, we have tone, technique and articulation exercises. Then above them, we have sequences to put into practice what we've learnt in the initial exercises. Then we have study books with more recognisable musical elements. And finally, the smallest segment at the top is repertoire. Let me try as simply as possible to tell you about as many of them as I can, starting though with the technical books, tone, finger technique and articulation. When I was studying, there were very few useful exercise books around. My tone practice sessions were based on Marcel Moyse's De La Sonorité. It's simple in composition, but so beneficial. A wonderful book. The Moyse books are expensive, but if you look through this one, you can easily remember the patterns. Basically, lots of long notes to aid consistency and develop your tone. Moise's books are classic and wonderful to work through, but there isn't always the information to help you in your practice, so you do need guidance from a teacher. The other drawback is the cost, but it's always good to check places online, like eBay, for cheap sheet music. One of his most popular books is Tone Development Through Interpretation, full of wonderful vocal extracts, pushing not only your tone production, but more importantly, your means of expression. Another favourite tone book is Philippe Bernot's La Technique d'Embouchure, published by La Travaganza. I will list all these books and publishers on my website, www.clairesouthers.com, to make it easier on your memory. So Bernot's book is basically a sequence book to develop your embouchure in terms of flexibility and range. 
Simple patterns, but they work so well. I've always loved this book. The next one is The Singing Flute by the ever-youthful Peter Lucas Graf. This is a collection of orchestral melodies and written guidance to develop a variety of dynamics and colours. Graf reminds us that Bohm recommended playing arias and songs to learn how to sing on the flute, and Moyes, Graf's teacher, continues this tradition. I too have a tone book called The Expression of Colour, published by Astute Music. This is a method to develop your tone and expressive playing through simple exercises and melodies. I isolate the four main components which make up expressive playing. Colour, dynamics, vibrato and emotion. It's a book based on all my years of experience learning and teaching to help find the most beautiful sounds on the flute. Lastly, I should mention Robert Dick's book, Tone Development Through Extended Techniques, which addresses the modern flutist's need to find new sonorities through modern techniques such as throat tuning, whisper tones, multiphonics and much more. This topic is slowly developing into quite a long answer. Let's move on to finger technique books. There are so many. First, let me mention the classic ones. Moyes, of course, has a few. Studies and technical exercises, technique and chromaticism, scales and arpeggios, 480 exercises, and daily exercises, scales and related patterns. Jeffrey Gilbert also has a book of scales and related patterns, and that's called Technical Flexibility for Flutists. Another favourite of mine for fast fingers is Moshe Epstein's Mind Your Fingers, published by Zimmerman. This book is based around a chromatic scale of three octaves and is basically a sequence book. He takes small two-bar portions of the scale and changes the rhythm 17 times. Each page transposes the same two bars up the scale. There are other variations, including whole tone scales. This book gives you a thorough workout and if practiced regularly, your finger technique will fly. Right, let's move on to articulation. There is a Moyes book called School of Articulation, but not so good unless you're already quite advanced. There is little written information and double-tonguing already starts on page five. It does, though, include the full version of Paganini's Motor Perpetuo, which I love to use. A book, then, if you know what you're doing. Another Moyes book is the 50 Variations on the Allemande of Bach's Solo Flute Sonata. This is for the study of articulation, embellishment, trills and grace notes, a lovely book. Most of our articulation practice is done through sequence books, as sequences can be adapted to use all types of articulations, speeds, dynamics, colours, rhythms and keys. So let's move on to sequence books. Scales are sequences, but not always so interesting to play. General sequence books pick different aspects of technical areas, including scales, and then work through all the keys. And as I said earlier, they vary the use of articulation, speeds, dynamics, colours, rhythms, registers and keys. The Philip Bernot Technique d'embouchure is a sequence book, but purely a tone development one. My favourite sequences are Tafelin and Gobert daily exercises, beginning with five note patterns in major and minor keys and following with scales, chromatics, intervals and trills. It's a fabulous book and one I used to play every day. Another firm favourite of mine is Reichert's Seven Daily Exercises. This follows a traditional run of patterns, scales, intervals, chromatics and articulation. 
Other traditional sequence books are Andre Makar's daily exercises and Daniel S. Wood's studies for facilitating the execution of the upper notes. Geoffrey Gilbert's sequences is a set of 12 daily exercises based on scales and chords. This one is advanced technique and quite tricky. He used these patterns on many summer schools and I remember saying to him that I would love it if he wrote them down. He did write to me a few months before he died to say that he'd been ill, but that he had used the time usefully by writing down his sequences. How lucky we are to have them. Another traditional book is Boehm's Twelve Studies. Not a conventional study book, but a sequence book. He picks a pattern and follows all through the keys. One of my favourites. I seem to have a lot of favourites. Finally, I will mention my book called Sequentials. This is also an aid to develop your sense of keys and harmonies and be fun at the same time. Scales, as I said, are sequences, but it's often more endurable to play a passage that is more melodic and easier on the ear. Now, there are four books that are more general and can be used as warm-ups for tone, technique and articulation. Peter Lucas Graf's Checkup, 20 basic studies, which he says are like a training programme for flutists, including breathing, embouchure, fingers and articulation. Moyes wrote How I Stayed in Shape, which is also a collection of exercises and melodies. He said it was for assisting professional flutists with little practice time at their disposal, those who want to preserve their acquired skills and those who wish to acquire new ones. Lastly, my own flute aerobics and light aerobics, where I cover basic warm-up exercises for tone, finger technique and articulation. Just as in Keep Fit Aerobics, where you would warm up and work on each group of muscles, these books warm up each aspect of your playing. Flute aerobics came about after the first flute courses that I gave. I always gave a warm-up before giving any classes, and the flute course was held in a very large country house, and I felt very exposed warming up on my own while the course students were having breakfast and listening to me. So I started to invite all the students to my warm-up and gave out lots of exercises, which eventually I put into the book that is now Flute Aerobics. Light Aerobics is a gentler, easier version. And actually, I can now add one more, which is my new book, Flute Reboot, which I suppose, just like Moise's book, it's for assisting professional flutists with little practice time at their disposal who want to preserve their acquired skills and those who wish to acquire new ones. Some of the topics I cover include revision of basics, breathing and communication, embouchure and fingers, variety and practice, articulation, vibrato, dynamics, pitch control, how to interpret baroque music and how to practice a piece. So I've now talked about tone, finger technique and articulation books secret books and all-round general workout books. Time to move on to the main study repertoire. Studies should be progressive and should cover all aspects of flute technique. Picking the right ones is essential because you want to be encouraged and energised by the challenge but not defeated by it. Two study books that everyone should play are Moise's 24 and 25 Little Melodic Studies. The 24 look so easy but introduce the player to basic musical grammar, working through all the keys, an absolute gem of a study book. The better you get, the harder the studies become, because you're trying to find that perfect sound, the best musical interpretation, the clearest articulation. Then there are the traditional studies, the Boehm 24 Caprices, 
Sussman 24 studies and Altus 26 studies. If you can, try and find the original copy of the Altus, which he wrote in duet form. They are beautiful, progressive, fun to play, either on your own or with another player or teacher. Anderson wrote many studies, but Opus 15 and 63 are the most popular. There are many Moy study books using transcriptions, and the best advice is to have a look at them and see which would suit you. For the more advanced players, there are two books by Lorenzo. The Nine Gross Studies, gross as in big, not horrible, although they are incredibly difficult, maybe the hardest ones written, and his 18 Caprices, which are not quite as hard, but have a lot of humour in their titles, which include A Rough Task, Eccentricity, A Dirge, Futuristic Dream, and A Bandy-Legged Capriccio. There are transcriptions of Paganini's 24 Caprices, all wonderful piece of music and demanding, the Piazzolla Tango Tudes are fabulous and well worth buying, not nearly as difficult as Lorenzo or Paganini, but an essential part of our repertoire. Karg Ellert's 30 Caprices have become an important addition to our study collection. He was principal oboist in a military band, sitting next to the principal flutist of the Leipzig Gewandhaus Orchestra called Karl Bartuzat. Karg Ellert recognised the need to form a connecting link between the existing educational material for flute and the complicated parts of new music being written by Strauss, Mahler, Bruckner and Stravinsky. He wrote, It is far from my intention to write works that lie easily in the fingers. On the contrary, the student must learn what does not lie easily. So he asked the principal flute what was difficult and Carl Gellert then wrote these caprices to incorporate those difficulties. It's a great book. There's a more modern version of this, the Damas 24 studies. Damas asked Alan Marion, the professor in Paris, what he found difficult on the flute and then wrote his studies to illustrate those difficulties. What I like so much about these studies is that there are no expression or dynamic markings. It's up to each player to create a piece of music that's expressive and well-shaped. There are two other modern books worth mention. The Christoph Zariah Three Virtuosic Flamenco Studies, which I've also performed in recitals and they're very popular. And finally, Mike Mower's Fingerbusters, which come with an accompanying CD and are a crossover between classical and jazz. There are two speeds, one slow and the other up to tempo. I seem to remember though that the slow version was extremely fast. Great fun. That I think sums up my list of technique and study books. How you choose which ones is often a matter of standard and taste. My advice would be to have a tone book, a finger exercise book and one or two sequence books, then a general study book, but one which challenges rather than defeats. A good progression could be Moy's 24 Little Melodious Studies, Moyes' edition of Demersum Studies, Bohm 24 Caprices, Altus 26 Studies, Anderson Opus 15, Piazzolla Tango Etudes, Karg Ellert Caprices, Demars 24 Studies, Lorenzo Caprices, Paganini Caprices, and finally, Lorenzo 9 Gross Studies. All study, exercise and sequence books are an essential part of a flute player's development. Try not to just play pieces. Work through technique and studies and then play pieces. It keeps the repertoire fresh and interesting. So thank you, Amanda, for the question. I'm sorry it was a little bit of a long answer. 
but I will put a list on my website so that you can have a check. Moving on to David Little's question, who are your favourite flute players alive today and also from history and why? Well, my choice of favourite flute players is based, of course, very much on personal preference. That preference is influenced by how players communicate to me as an individual and how their music making speaks. So what appeals to me will not necessarily appeal to someone else. But I've always said to myself, would I pay to hear so-and-so? If I would, then to my ears, they must be worth a listen. There are so many fabulous artists around the world now, many that I do not know. So my apologies, because there will be some big emissions. Let's start with our historical players. One of the problems we have with players from history is the recording quality. And so there's, there's also a little bit of guesswork involved from us as the listeners. The old recordings of Gobert and Moyes were always special to listen to, but the quality wasn't so good. You could though still hear the vibrant quality of Moyes' sound. There are also many recordings of Geoffrey Gilbert in the orchestra, which show his generous warm sound and perfect control. One of the first recordings that I owned was the Mozart concertos played by Elaine Schaffer. Beautiful, exquisite playing and perfect interpretation. All too often we hear performers that make an exhibition of themselves rather than communicate the wishes of the composer, and that's a subject that will need a lot more time to discuss. But Schaefer was true to the music. At the time, I knew very little about her, but she was one of Kincaid's favourite students. Shortly before his death, in 1967 at the age of 71, he gave his famous platinum flute to her, and she then gave the first performance of Copeland's duo, commissioned by Kincaid students to commemorate his life's work. She tragically died of cancer at the height of her career, shortly after this first performance. Another wonderful player that died far too young was Manuela Weisler, who studied with Marion, Nicolet and Galway. Please go and listen to some of her recordings, which are so beautiful. When I was a student, the players that really impressed were, of course, Sir James Galway and William Bennett both such different performers and both equally stunning. They, along with Peter Lucas Graf, were my inspirations. Galway for his showmanship, unbelievable technique and mesmerising tone, which was unmistakable. Whip for his interpretation, musicianship and breadth of sound. Graf, who played to perfection, depth of interpretation and such a clear, penetrating and beautiful tone. All three so different and yet so inspirational. I would go and listen to them as much as I could. Also at this time, I mustn't forget Peter Lloyd, principal flute of the London Symphony Orchestra. I think he was the best principal flute of the 70s and 80s. He had a strong profile because this was the era of André Previn as principal conductor and the orchestra was often on television. With all the access that we have to music these days through Spotify, Apple Music and Deezer, among others, I would strongly recommend that you have a listen to old recordings of the great orchestras. London Symphony Orchestra, Berlin Philharmonic, New York Phil, the Philharmonia and the Halle. See if you can guess the flute players. Now we come to present day and I'm spoilt for choice. Let me split them up into two groups. My close peers and the younger ones. Two standout players who I would always go and hear are Nesta Torres and Rhonda Larson. Their playing fills me with joy. It's different, exciting, interesting and creative. Both fabulously talented and I wish they lived on the same continent so I could hear more of them. 
Coming back to mainstream performers, there are three players who have all been principals at the London Symphony Orchestra, Michael Cox, Paul Edmund Davis and the present principal, Gareth Davis. Michael Cox is a performer that captures your attention from the first note and doesn't let you go until the last. He pushes the boundaries of sound in a way that nobody else can and his musical interpretation feeds your soul and inspires you to go and practice hard to try and emulate a fraction of what he does. You can tell I'm a fan. Paul Davis was principal at the London Symphony Orchestra for 18 years. There are so many recordings, traditional and film scores, where you could listen to him play. I was lucky enough to sit next to him for a few years. Always totally prepared, seemingly perfect performances, a lesson to everyone on how to be a top professional. His sound has such clarity, beautiful when needed and powerful and intense when the music demanded something different. Gareth Davis is the present principal and continues the tradition of fabulous music making, a beautifully controlled and flexible sound and dexterous technique. One more important mention is Wissam Bustani, who you will know if you've listened to the early podcasts. He communicates the music like no other player, mesmerising. Other important notables are Dennis Borokov, Adam Walker, Lorna McGee, Jaime Martin and Elena Valentin. This isn't a complete list by far, but there's just not enough time to talk about everyone. Those players I've mentioned, though, are the ones I would pay to listen to. Always try and be true to yourself by creating your own musical personality. There are lots of clones out there, players who copy but aren't original. To succeed, you have to have your own personality. Think about what you want to say with your music. Work at the control you need to have the flexibility in your tone, finger technique and articulation. When the basics are in control, the music can flow. My apologies to the players I've not mentioned, but I think this is a subject that I will have to return to. So on that note, please go and listen to all the players I've mentioned and get inspired. So that's it for now. Thank you so much for your questions. I have quite a few more I need to answer in future podcasts. As always, you can find us on our social media. For Twitter and Instagram, it's at Claire Flute and at Flute. And on Facebook, find us on our own Talking Flutes page. Do keep sending in your questions and comments to flutepodcasts at gmail.com. We do love hearing from you. Till the next time, goodbye. Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.